to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Kim Wenland. And Kim is a single family and multifamily real estate investor, and she is also a founding member and director of Asset Management at Quattro Capital. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Kim, and finding out more about Quattro and where you guys are today and how you guys have built such an incredible business. Um, so welcome to the show, Kim. Oh, thank you, Eileen. And it's super exciting to get to be here. You guys have a wonderful platform and a fantastic network. And I'm just grateful to get to share a little bit. So thanks for inviting me. Thank you, Kim. So if you want to start off, can you please share a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate? Sure. I'll try to keep it short. You know, we can always all talk about too much, especially when you've lived as long as me. So I've had a few career slash lifetimes. The first 28 years of my working life has been with uh, technology. So I worked for companies like IBM and, and through that was able to work with several Fortune 50 companies around the globe doing global business. I had generally a portfolio of around 12, $1 billion contracts, and they were all running concurrently. That was exhausting. And it was global business pre all this cool tech that we have now. Uh, We were actually building that technology back then. So to have lived through the startup and now benefiting from things like Zoom that you and I are working on now, it's pretty incredible. Loved all that, learned so much, so much about business, but truly as much fun as I was having, I was exhausted. I was poured out. And honestly, it wasn't fun anymore. I found we kept solving the same problems over and over and over again. And the worse and worse that security issues were building, you were spending more money securing things than you were actually moving forward. And it it just wasn't fun anymore for me. So I left, didn't have a plan started a web company just because I was ready to do something local in my own community, work with business owners that I knew personally in my town. It was fantastic. Having been on the road so long and the air so long, it was beautiful to be back with people. Thankfully, we sold that company before the 2008-2009 downturn. So everyone was already placed in new roles. Nobody missed a paycheck and none of my staff was hurt during that time which I was thrilled about, plus having exited. So then I look up, I'm like, gosh, what shall I do now? And through Northrop Grumman, I began serving the state of Texas with IT services, ultimately became the director of uh, IT operations for the Texas Health and Human Services Department, especially the Department of Family and Protective Services. So I spent a lot of time doing geeky things, but I still, after giving back, I was like, gosh, this still isn't any fun. And I just left. But that was an interesting time because that was my transition into real estate. Some of us take a little while for the fluorescent light bulb to come all the way on, right? So some flickers of light started happening. But in a strange way, I was not a person who was drawn through a program or something like that. I kind of backed into it. My husband and I happened to serve as executor and executrix for three different estates. 
And in each of the three, you could just see there black and white, how much real estate had transformed their wealth. And as we were writing checks to their heirs, it just was such a concrete image of how real estate transformed people who had modest means and transformed that into truly they all retired as millionaires with portfolios that were very large and those went on to their heirs. And so seeing the power of real estate, understanding all the different ways that you can totally transform and create a legacy. At this point in my life, that was very inspiring and I was encouraged by that. So I began helping my mom with her portfolio. My dad had passed, began helping mom with her portfolio as she went through her grieving process. You know, they were married 52 years. She really didn't care about all the stuff. She, she needed to work on her heart. And during that time, uh, we turned a business around. Dad had been sick longer than we knew, and we could see that in the numbers. So we, in the first year, uh, we trued up her retirement income through that portfolio, got us back into profit immediately. It's been rolling ever since. And not long after that, here's a fun, true story. This really did happen. We were driving across town. We had just left a closing on a property. And mom looked out the window and said, wow, I wonder how you own one of those. And she was pointing at an apartment complex. And in my record sketch brain, I was like, I said, I don't know. I hope they're making a lot of money. And she looked at me like I'd lost my mind as though that were self-evident, like clearly. <laughs> so that was the first seed planted to me about multifamily. Then my nephew called sometime back and he, later, and he was like, hey, I'm going to this program to learn about investing in apartment complexes. Want to go? And the rest is history. Here we are just growing like wildfire and having a great time in real estate. Oh, wow. And so you had a really great and successful past working in the corporate life and being able to give back and to the community and everything like that. But with real estate, have you found more fulfillment? Have you been enjoying like what you're doing in this space now? Oh my gosh, yes. And, and let me show you why. It's all about the people. I find great purpose in serving people. When you think about the root of real estate, whether it's land all the way up to the largest corporate buildings you could buy in New York or San Francisco. It's all always about people. For us with apartment investing, it's about the families who live in the homes. Like you have single people who are getting their new lease on life, whether that's as a young person or a do-over after a marriage or something, but they're in a state of transition of some sort usually. Then there's young families who are starting to have children. Then you also have kiddos who are learning to count and read. You have teenagers rebelling against their parents, seniors who are just you know looking for community and providing our tenants, our residents with a fantastic home that is of quality, that is safe, and is commensurate with the rent that's appropriate for that group. That is a really big responsibility. I feel like we're serving them. In fact, personally, I even pray over the units and the names on the lease simply because I truly believe that we can send positive energy. We can send prayer and blessing to people. And so taking that responsibility to 
provide a great service and to make sure that their life is well as far as we can be concerned with it. It's a really important mission. But then it goes beyond that. It's with all of the people that I get to work with every day. What a fantastic team. I'm blessed to get to work with three of my family members, my mom working with her single family business, and then my nephew, Chad Sutton, my sister, Tammy Sutton, through Quattro. We work together in Quattro. And then what feels like family, uh, Maurice Philogene and Aaron Hudson, that five core team there, I truly love my team. And everyone is brilliant in their own lane. And they, we let everybody play to their strengths and we celebrate every day. And so to say that it's fun is like an understatement. And I, uh, I had to think about that a lot because I spent decades, literally decades, building teams around the globe, different cultures, different skill sets, different companies, different projects. And I was always trying to find the secret sauce that would like get to that championship caliber team. And, and I had a couple that were super close, but that's not normally what you find at work. Usually at work, what unifies a team is the paycheck. But when you're building your own business, especially in real estate, what unifies you is your dreams. And because you have a common dream and common values and common goals, when you're working together every day, it's totally different. It's not work. It's a gift. And performing that gift and being a good steward of it and, and playing a full tilt on the court every day, man, it's the best. It's the best, Eileen. Oh, yes. And I definitely had the privilege of having a couple of your other team members on the podcast as well, and they are fantastic. And coming from a a really abundance mindset and wanting to share and having that really life and full of energy. I'm really glad that I got to meet them. I'm so happy that you're on the show as well, Kim, because I can see it, you know, like the team that you guys have built have is not only just having a common interest, but also you guys, like what you had mentioned, they're almost kind of like family in a sense. Now you guys have become so close to each other and that's what we kind of all strive for is you want, you get to choose who you get to work with and enjoying your time while you're doing it. So you guys have built such a really great and strong team members where you're, you know, working with the people that you love to work with. You guys are finding passion in what you're doing. You're serving the community and the residents and all the investors that you guys are touching. You know, you guys have built a really great business in the last over 18 months, you know, and I'd love to find out what has been the biggest contributor to that success, do you think? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. And just to orient your listeners, Quattro Capital has become a $50 million company in just the last really 18 months. Uh, we've closed 13 deals uh, through the pandemic, beyond the pandemic, and have a pipeline full by end of the year, maybe January will be a hundred million dollars in assets under management. So yeah, that kind of explosive growth is, it just doesn't happen to a person. We're working hard every day, working to strengths, but that's not, that's not the secret. When I look back and I think about it, just trying to absorb all that's happened because you're, you know, you're living it day to day. You don't always pause and process. Thankfully last week, we went on a retreat together as a team to step outside of our business and reconnect with our dreams, our mission, our purpose, reevaluate is what we're doing now, still serving our goals, et cetera. 
But through that process, what became clear to me to answer your, get to your answering your question is that I would describe it this way. It's like there's three S's in success, right? And I think it's self sharing and scale. And by self, I mean, each of us have to show up every day with the right, as Coach Trevor would say, right? Trevor McGregor, mm-hmm. the, the right mindset, heart set, soul set. And along with that, keep sharpening our skill set, right? So when I'm talking about self, I'm talking about being accountable as a person to the team that we're each individually showing up with our A game every day. In terms of sharing, well, the fastest way to realize your goals is to help somebody else accomplish their dreams. And so when we're sharing and giving back, there's a natural reciprocity that occurs that's it's beautiful, actually. And finally, scale. The scale, that's the sense of transactions versus systems. You know, you want to not focus on the deal. You want to focus on the scale. And we can go into each of those three, if you like, if you think that would be helpful. Yes, definitely. Especially with how you guys continue to maintain being on the same page as you're going through each of these three different S's and how you guys have kept that communication open and honest. And especially, you know, if someone is having a little bit of a difficult time, you know, how you guys manage that and help to elevate each other. Oh, that's so such an important point. And that really does play a big part of self in the whole mindset, heart set, soul set piece. When you're running as hard and as fast as we've been running, it's really easy to trip up and hurt somebody, but you don't even know it. Only they know it, right? So we have this this little thing called ouch. And you don't have to get into it. If something like that happens, you just call it ouch. And we're going to huddle back together with each other and work through it. Because just like if, if you imagine a bunch of guys in a machete trying to get through a jungle, like you're going to nick each other ever so often. You don't even know it because you're just plowing through, right? So when we holler out, sometimes in the moment, we'll address it with each other and apologize and reconcile. And other times, it, maybe it's a bigger deal. I mean, to take it offline. But the accountable part is to holler out. And like, literally, that's the word, out. And so back to people, one of the highest principles is that relationships become before business. And so as the recipient of the person who's been injured, you also have to play in the mindset of everybody's well-intentioned. And we truly believe that each other is well-intentioned and we're not spending emotional energy thinking otherwise. If the ouch occurs, we call it, we reconcile, we keep the relationship first and then keep going. So conflict is natural. You have to have a way to handle it that doesn't breed and foster. And the longer something sets and fester, the bigger the problem it'll be, right? So I encourage everybody, you know, call it out, resolve it, and then put a Band-Aid on it and let's keep going. With regards to communications, that is a constant thing. We meet together frequently as a team. Um, When we're going through our decision-making process, we're constantly in our mind. We're thinking about our values, our big four pillars, and we're thinking about the different 
decision and whether at first does it fit our strategy does it fit our goals and our mission does it fit our values all of that conversation being a normal part of every day it's very easy that we stay in sync around those goals but you know one of the most important things is our mindset and if we have a mindset of abundance in relationship as well and we have a mindset of believing in ourselves and believing in the people that we've chosen to walk through life shoulder to shoulder with and keep a well-intentioned perspective on everyone, the next thing you have to really work on is your mindset. If your mindset itself isn't focused on your goal, then you're waffling and decisions that should be academic become like these big toiling things, right? And so we love that Napoleon Hill quote where he wrote that, I think he said it, it was in a speech. He said, what the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So if your mind is focused on what your goal is and you truly believe it, that's the most important part of that sentence to me, what your mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So those, those are some things that help keep us in sync. And that's the kind of self we all have to show up with every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when people ask like, oh, what are what business are you in? You know, it's not just necessarily real estate or, you know, investing or anything like that. We're in the people business. You know, you're working with the people. Everything that you're touching is with the people. So we just always got to keep that, keep that in mind. Oh, my gosh, you're so right. And I really I just want to like grab a megaphone and like holler it off the rooftop because the real estate is the academic part. It's the easy button portion. It's managing relationships, but more importantly, helping each other win. And that's why it talks so much about sharing, you know, that second S, the sharing. It truly is the case that the fastest way for you to become successful or realize your dream is to help someone else do the same, right? Believing that and truly wanting to walk it out and live it is a really important thing to us. And before we were uh, recording, we were talking about the wonderful Amy Silvis and another person, uh, Christy Keaton, also Brian and, and Donna Blackburn. These are people who we reached out to and said, hey, we know you're new. We're a little bit ahead of you. You want to partner up together and we'll help you close your deals with our stack and we'll help you with processes and so forth. But Aligning with people who have shared and common values and making sure they get their deals and they get them closed, that's been a huge part of our growth is helping other people. So it's always the case that the more you give, the more you receive. And that plays out over and over and over and over again in Quattro every single day. And it is so fun. I almost like want to, maybe I should start a journal on it is like, what came back today? <laughs> it's always shocking to me, like something that happened months ago comes back in terms of a beautiful gift. It's lovely. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about. Serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. 
If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's really great to be able to witness it and to see, you know, all the, when you're putting yourself out there, trying to add value to those around you, you know, without thinking about what you're going to get in return, it just somehow manifests itself and comes back to you. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I think about Lisa McGregor's book. I think it's called um, Alphabet for Humanity. Yes, the alphabet for humanity. And some of the words that are in that book, I just, I'm like, I think every adult on the planet needs to read that to every child on the planet every day, because (laughs) the words that are there are so encouraging. And so they promote such a feeling of goodness. Mm -hmm. And when we focus there, right, when we're living out of that place, it's a whole different world than being in a scarcity mindset, being afraid, being in fear, all that mess. You know, if you just stay away from that and focus on everybody achieving and succeeding together, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful how fast it happens and how well it's receptive. Yeah, no, definitely. We we, we love that book as well. We read it to our three-year-old the Alphabet for Humanity and, you know, the A is for abundance and that's what my son calls it can I read the abundance book? Because he just remembers abundance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a beautiful word to learn as a little guy. (laughs) And so Kim, you know, you and Quattro have been able to close um, 13 deals throughout the pandemic. And a lot of people in this space have talked about, well, real estate is getting really hot. It's so competitive nowadays. So how have you and your team been able to make yourself more competitive in the space and stand out from the crowd? Well, I I don't know about standing out from the crowd, but I do know we're competitive. And I think about scale. And we've always come to business thinking about scale. If you go buy a car and you sell a car, or trade one in, because you've done that transaction, like, does that make you a dealership or even a manufacturer? Well, no, of course not. It's in the same way, buying and selling a single family house, a multifamily house, a commercial retail space, an industrial complex, just doing the transactions doesn't really make you a business. It makes you an investor, which is fantastic, but it doesn't create a business. And a business can become self-sustaining beyond even investments. So Years and years ago, and I was trying the other day to remember this, and and I think it's kind of a funny commercial I'll share with you here. Back in the day, okay, now I'm about to date myself. I want you to know I'm confident in my age, but I want to recognize, I know this is an old thing, but back in the day, um, online banking, digital banking, and automation of the whole banking industry was starting. And there was this really cool commercial from one of the big banks. And there was this gentleman standing there talking about how they were able to process millions of checks, millions of checks a day. And it was just mind blowing at that time. 
Now you you grew up with automation your whole life. But those of us who made the digital paper to digital conversion, like that was really miraculous. And there was always something he said that stuck in my mind. And I've used this so many times in all of the different phases of my life. He said, we don't ask ourselves how to process a million checks. We ask ourselves, how do we process one check a million times? That's because a really there, great way to think about that. Yeah, because that implies a system. So the same way he was thinking about checks is kind of how I've we've been thinking about scaling our real estate business. It's not just about closing a transaction. It's how do we close that transaction many, 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 many times? And we actually are right now closing four properties concurrently. And you can't do that and maintain sanity without systems, roles, responsibilities, processes, relationships, all of the things that we've talked about. And so really, when you think about systems, you're thinking about people, processes, and tools. And you have to pause from the hunt of the next deal. You have to pause from that, carve out a dedicated amount of time to work on your business every week as hard as you're working in your business every week. Not everybody wants to scale. Some people just want to own a few cash flowing properties and, oh my gosh, blessings. But if someone really has some big goals and they want to go after it, I encourage you to think about that. How do you process one check a million times question? And so for you, Kim, what are you guys looking to focus on next? I know you mentioned you're looking to, you'll be by a hundred million dollars by the end of this year, going into January, 2020, but what's next for you guys? Oh yeah. The next level. And I'm not going to pre-announce it because that wouldn't be fair to my team, but, (laughs) but we're definitely heading to yet another level. And we're after the retreat, we intentionally, we wrote down our whole list of areas of improvement things that we have to get better, stronger, maybe outsource, maybe bring on folks in order to do even more. Because we've pretty much tapped out what we can do. Now, as we phase higher, we need to add additional help. So scaling is about expanding everything. You have to expand your operation and have that running very smoothly. And then it'd be like kind of going to a Formula One race without a pit crew. Like this isn't going to take you around the course with success. Like you might get there, but everybody will have gone home by the time you make it. Right. So if instead you have a pit crew and you're running around the race, you zip in, retool, head back out, you can actually compete. Right. The the same thing is true. Even like when you're going to go mountain climbing, like if you want to run over to Colorado and somebody's fit and knows how to climb, you can climb up Pikes Peak and come back in an afternoon. Sure. Like I couldn't, but somebody could, right? That's in the realm of doable. But that's not true if you're going to go scale Mount Everest. I don't know. Even the Sherpas can't do it in an afternoon, right? It requires base camp, team, process, communication, risk management. All of those things are required to go from A, the United States to B, Tibet, then and then base camp, and then the next camp, and then the next camp, and then finally the ascension, and then everybody come back home safely, right? And in the meantime, the weather's happening. Things like 
banks seizing up because of a <laughs> pandemic. All of these things are always happening all of the time. So if you think about if I'm going to scale my business and this business is like climbing a mountain, what are all those steps and who are all the people I need? Sometimes making those analogies really help me think about it differently than if I'm just inside of it because I'm not a mountain climber. So it's something outside of me and I can like put it outside and not care overly too much about it. I can be critical and I can be curious and find a path. So getting out of your own head, getting out of your own day to day and thinking about what could be, that is, that is the stuff of scaling because why back to Napoleon Hill, right? If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Thank you for sharing all that, Kim. And so Too before- much overshare. overshare. <laughs> no, it's great. I know I love it. <laughs> and definitely the listeners can definitely take a lot and myself as well. Like definitely learn a lot from what you're saying and in terms of the mindset and what we're thinking about in, in terms of scaling and how do we repeat this process and setting up all those different pieces in place to make sure that you're able to get to that next level, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So before we run out of time here, Kim, I'd love to ask you, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Wow, that's a big one. It's kind of emotional. Um, I'm going to tell one quick story. And if we have time, I'll tell a second. When I was traveling on business globally, I was literally gone 85% of the time, somewhere in the world, working as hard as I could in a conference room or in a cube or wherever. And I would never allow myself to play when I was there because the people I loved weren't with me. So my husband and I, we jokingly called it, yeah, I'm going to be the the vacation scout for whatever was next country to be stamped in the passport, right? And it was a pretty lonely time. And sure, I had friends globally and we had great relationships and we do dinners and this and that and the other, but that's different than really connecting with the people that you love. So one of the hardest things in my first career was that isolation. So when I became aware of how exhausted I truly was, was the day that I literally, the alarm went off. And this is pre-smartphone. Don't judge me. Pre-smartphone. So back then you had to call to the front desk to get information. I literally picked up the phone and just called and said, where am I? What city? What country? What hotel? And what time is it? (laughs) So that was a real wake up call moment that I was pushing so hard. So as to not know who I was, where I was on the planet. So I resolved that day. I was no longer going to work on the airplane flights. I was going to put away all the work that I usually try to accomplish. Just put it away and start dreaming. What would life look like if I could redefine it? And at first, it was a big, long list of things I did not want. (laughs) That was the easy button. The harder button was what I wanted to create. What did I want to do? And it always wound around relationships. And, And I ultimately, over the path that I mentioned, it took several years for me to get my footing. But it truly is the case that real estate has provided for me a way to work with people I love every day. Like I've had more, the first six weeks I worked with my nephew 
we had more conversations than we had had in the previous 30 years of his life. And sadly, I can tell you the same is true for my sister. When she joined and we started working together on my mom's business, and then ultimately she joined our family, our multifamily business, we literally had the same experience. We had more conversations than we had had since we were little girls, right? So that abundance of relationship, the joy of getting to work with powerhouses like Maurice and Aaron and Chad and Tammy and Amy and Christy, as well as the Blackburns, like that core business family we have, that's been life-changing for me. And it's a very big deal. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I, I thought was, that, that's incredible to see how we think about real estate as being something that we enjoy, but hearing like the life-changing impact that it had from your know, lifestyle change for you. It's, it's incredible. And thank you so much for being so honest and open about that. Sure. I've got one more story. If there's time, it's okay. If not, we can save it for another time. Sure. We can get into the story for a few, for a little bit, Kim. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it tight. But I think it's, when you ask how it's changed my life, I can't, I can't leave without telling how it saved my life. So in December, I had to go to the hospital with COVID. I had been so darn careful for so long. I was really pretty agitated to have caught the darn thing. This was pre-vaccine. It was a big spike season. Two days later, they call the ICU doctor calls my husband and tells him I'm not going to make it. Like I had an oxygen level of 48 on the ventilator, basically panting as though I was running. So my body wasn't converting the air into oxygen that your bloodstream needs. So I don't know what's going on because I am in a coma, right? They induce a coma so that you don't fight the vent. But I I knew I was in trouble. I knew that much. And because I knew what we think about matters so much, I never entertained fear. Instead, I learned long ago that fear is a call to courage and curiosity and faith. So that was a place I was trying to keep my distorted mind from all the drugs. What I didn't know was all that my family was doing. So I had surrendered to God saying, I can't even pray. My mind is so distorted. Please have people pray for me. We've pieced the timeline together to figure out around the time that would have happened is when my whole family and our business partners, that core team that I shared with you, they start a massive prayer push, like massive. I'm still floored that there was people from 11 countries who joined in to pray And the faith it takes to do that, if you think about it, somebody on wherever in the planet believing that their mind and their faith can influence what's going on in one ICU bed with one person, with one horrible pandemic, that's faith. And the prayers that people let me know after that they prayed, their mindset about my insisting that I not leave yet was super powerful. By 10 o'clock, 
the night the doctor called my husband, 10 o'clock that night, my oxygen instantly went from 48, which is lethal, to 98, which is normal. I'm still on the vent, but suddenly my body started converting oxygen. All of a sudden, so all of a sudden, I call it Chem 2.0, like a miracle happened on December 10th, (laughs) right? Chem 2.0. And later I learned from the doctors that most people don't live over that at all. And if they do, they have major organ damage. I don't have any of that. They usually have to have a tracheotomy. I didn't have that. And I don't have any permanent damage. Like truly recovery. Yes. I'm still doing some cognitive therapy, but we're still improving and doing better. So even on the most discouraging of days, because rehab's not for the faint of heart, rehab's as tough as survival, but the rehab portion, I was always so encouraged, so encouraged knowing that if somebody's given you a miracle, if you've been receiving a miracle and you've lived, man, you're going to heal completely because that just doesn't happen. (laughs) So, Anybody out there who's fighting COVID, who has a family fighting COVID, dealing with long haul COVID, I hope you can hear me say this with all of my heart to you, from my soul to yours, it can be better. It will be better. Don't give up. Keep focusing. Think right focus on how far you've come, not far, how far you have to go. Focus on how far you've come. I know that's a footnote, not quite real estate, but truly I do attribute my team with the belief and the prayer that ultimately saved my life. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kim. What a powerful story that you've been able to experience and what an incredible journey. And I'm so grateful that you're here with us today to be able to share that story with us. So thank you so much, Kim. Well, thanks for granting the extra time. (laughs) I hope that that's an encouragement to folks. Yes, you can is what I'll say. Not politically motivated, but yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing all that, Kim. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation today. You're awesome, Eileen. Congratulations on the little ones and blessings to your family and to your business. I look forward to working together in the future. Yes. Oh, and I almost forgot, Kim. <laughs> if What's our that? listeners, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you because you have such an incredible journey, you have so much wealth and so much abundance to share with other people. You know, if they wanted to learn more mm. about you, your journey, Quattro Capital, where's the best place that they can go? Oh, to our website. And thank you for asking. Our company name is Quattro Capital. And our website is thequattroway.com, T-H-E-Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-W-A-Y.com. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Kim. Yeah, thank you. Take care. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.